You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast. My name is Matt Baker, and I have been performing at the Moisture Festival with my comedy and stunt show for almost 13 years now. Wow, yeah. your, your your Moisture Festival career is almost as old as my child. That's yeah, I'm very I'm very moist in the moist <laughs> scale. <laughs> yes, and I'm Louis Fox. I'm a magician, and you'll see me performing at the Moisture Festival, hanging out as well. And we host the Moisture Festival podcast. If you're new to the Moisture Festival, I'm curious how you found this podcast. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> but it's a four-week festival celebrating variety arts that takes place in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. Yeah, it is actually the biggest festival of its kind in the entire world, and it brings in some of the most amazing variety acts, comedians, entertainers of all different genres in for Four weeks of amazing shows. Every show is different at the Moisture Festival as well. And if you've never been to a show and you're listening to this during the festival, get tickets now because 95% of the shows sell out. Hey, Louie, did you know they also do burlesque shows? What? They do. They do an entire week of burlesque shows during the months of March and April. So be sure to check out that. Also, oh, so you can get all the details, which I should have before I did that plug at moisturefestival.org. Yes, sir. <laughs> you can find about the different venues and show dates and times and tickets. Yeah, and if you like what we're doing, if you like the, how we interview people, you can check out Louie and I. We also have another podcast called the Odd and Offbeat Podcast, and you can check that out anywhere you get your podcasts. Probably the same way you found the Moisture Festival podcast. <laughs> Just Google yeah. something. Yeah, we're excited on the the podcast today, we have MC Shoehorn. MC Shoehorn! He's a tap dancing saxophone player. Absolutely. He's been at the Moisture Festival for a number of years, but we talked to him about how he learned to tap dance, what made him come up with the idea of combining tap and saxophone at the same time. Apparently that's not a common thing. Yeah, and then we talked to him about uh, his tours with Savion Glover through Russia. It gets a little crazy, and this podcast was recorded in Portland, Oregon, on location yes, at the uh, Jupiter Hotel. Thank you, Jupiter Hotel, <laughs> for putting a Harley-Davidson corporate event right outside our window. Yes, that was a very <laughs> difficult to edit some of those sounds out. <laughs> Lots of glasses breaking. <laughs> so let's get to the interview with Shoehorn. Let's do it. Recording on location in the Jupiter Hotel in Portland, Oregon. Room 219, <laughs> ask for the special. <laughs> we are very grateful to have a very talented man in the hotel room with us. He, he is an internationally recognized tap soloist and a world-class saxophonist. We have Shoehorn in 219. Welcome, sir. Yes. Thanks for having me, fellas. <laughs> So much enthusiasm. <laughs> I just was thinking, like, this is like being on NPR where they have to smile even though they're talking about some uh, grim stuff, you know? Oh. Now, how would you describe what you do? Well, you could say I'm a one-man band. All right. You could say I'm a one-man drum circle. Mm. All right. You could say a lot of things about me that wouldn't be true, but... Um, <laughs> 
One thing is for sure, I've worked for over 40 years to develop a unique style of tap dancing while playing saxophone. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not a common combination. It's not. When I first started out, I used to call myself the world's only tap dancing saxophone uh-huh. player, you know, like, and then one of my first gigs, I got a billing. The The owner said, well, he's more than that. So they, they put it on the poster. They more than a tap dancing. Because uh-huh. <laughs> even back then I was playing harmonica. Then I added percussion instruments, um, singing. This is probably the weirdest thing that I'm going to say today, but I was influenced <laughs> by mimes. Huh. But well, how so? I think this plays into the Moisture Festival thing, too, is because physical comedy and mime. And I was playing as a, as a street performer. That's where I started mm-hmm. out in San Francisco and then New Orleans. And in New Orleans is where I got my tap shoes. And then I'd hang out with some other street performers doing other kinds of stuff. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the, um, the amazing Professor Bendeasy. No, no, no. He was a balloon artist. Okay. And, but he performed on roller skates and he oh. was super <laughs> slick roller skater. Balloon artist on roller skates. He's I like, like shoot it. the duck and make a poodle. And, <laughs> and he was like, this guy had game, you know, he had, he owned, I mean, he was renting out an apartment mm-hmm. right on Jackson Square. That was historic Poncha train. Was apartments. he the world's only Roller skating balloon artist? I doubt it, but I, I kept running into him for years, and then I Googled him a couple of years ago wondering what happened to him, and it turns out he passed away, oh. sadly. But he was really, he was like a mentor to me down in New Orleans. There was another um, mime that I'd hang out with, and then when I went up to Quebec uh, right around before they started doing Cirque du Soleil, mm. I knew some of those guys up in Quebec in Montreal, um, such as Lawrence Smythe, he's one. There's a few other cats. I like that, like the following people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to do that. Yeah. I'd follow people and switch the song on the saxophone oh, cool. to the people. Nice. And I'd kind of walk like, like how, Based off how they're walking, right? Based yeah, off how they're cool. walking or what they look like, you know. Yeah. Like, like different people like, get a different thing. What is the mustache, the guy has a weird mustache song sound like to the guy who's wearing a weird hat song sound like? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kind of calculus was involved. <laughs> and it happens so fast, really, really yeah, fast. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like if a guy has kind of like a, a big beer belly and he's walking with his family, I might play the Flintstones. Oh, uh, oh yeah, smart. You know, smart, uh, yeah. if there was like um, kind of a slinky looking Attractive lady, I might play Pink Panther. Oh, nice. Okay. If there's a little kid, I might just Do you ever get someone hop who, like a frog and make funny noises. Did you get someone who was ever hip to what you were doing and then like got pissed? Like, you know, like came after you? You know what? It's really funny, <laughs> but only one time has somebody gotten really pissed off at me about it. And it was like a guy who actually thought my Pink Panther song was, I was, act, you know, like actively consciously macking on his girlfriend and he goes like hey she's with me you know like Uh, i'm going what i'm just playing the saxophone to her yeah you know it's just an act it's not yeah and and the other thing that i did it was like a mime which was um i found out sometimes when i'd be in a super crowded environment like at a theme park or something that i couldn't slow the people down with my normally kinetic act Mm. Uh. so what i did was do the statue with the saxophone. And I okay. cheated by wearing mirror sunglasses. Ah. But I'd do the statue, and I'd stay super still. There's a few ways it would activate my sounds, which is one, if 
the classic one of like, is he real? And they yeah. try to touch you. Bam! They get a big low yeah. note and they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. jump. Another one was somebody puts money in my case and it would be random. It wouldn't like, they don't get as, as many notes as coins they put in or, mm. or, or bills. It's like a kid might throw in three cents and get four bars. Yeah, yeah. Um, a guy who thinks he's a player throws in a $5 bill and he gets one tiny little noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, it's nice. randomized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally randomized. Yeah, yeah. And it was, for, for that reason, it was funny. It would slow people down by just like being a statue. That's awesome. You know, and also all the ways that mimes do like eccentric dance. Totally. There's that crossover. And I'm kind of like eccentric dance mixed in with like straight up hitting with the so tap So you were shoes. just playing music at this time and then you no, started... No, I was tap dancing. Oh, tap you were tap dancing also. Yeah, but I, but sometimes I'd be in a really crowded thing like a street corner in New York or in a theme park. I couldn't slow the people down mm-hmm. enough to get a crowd. And I found ironically like just being totally still. They're the weirded crowd. out by that. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, fascinated by that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, it looks like a statue like a but i don't yeah. do the statue much anymore because i'm if i'm standing there with my horn one i'm holding it, it weighs 10 pounds <laughs> yeah. i i want to blow on it i don't want to yeah, just stand yeah, yeah. there like you know get myself kinked up for just being a statue yeah totally you know? but but it's still it, it's still a fun thing so i mean i was influenced by mimes many many singer songwriter types mm-hmm. um you know from bob dylan and cat stevens to um then all the rock guys, like, I love the uh, Latin rock, like Santana mm-hmm. and, and uh, Latin jazz. And John Coltrane, the bossa nova, like I, Ornette Coleman, mm-hmm. all the different threads of jazz and going back, like, to New Orleans jazz, which is still, you know, there's a traditional element to it that's still going on, even yeah. though they've absorbed rock and roll and mm. funk, well, they invented. But compared to, like, 100 years ago, Dixieland music or the jazz music, jazz with two S's, mm-hmm. you know, like that they came out of New Orleans, they still have that collective improvisation going yeah. on in some of the the modern brass bands in New York. I mean, in uh, New Orleans. So, you know, I think being in New Orleans was really a, a life-changing and formative thing for me. And you said that's where you first got your tap shoes? Is that's where you? I first put yeah. the tap shoes And on. how old were you at this time? I was 20. Okay. 20. And did you have formal training, or did you just pick it up on the streets? Uh, well, I am self-taught, and then uh, there was, like, I wasn't really able to copy the steps of the cats that were on the street there, most of whom were young chil- children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was, like, one old dude that I would perform with, and I asked him for lessons once, and he says, "You can't tap dance." <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just yeah. said that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but he would use me to get a crowd, mm-hmm. and he 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 would collect the money, and I didn't get any. But what? I, well, I figured it <laughs> that, was that's like, your first lesson. Yes, <laughs> that was a lesson. That was trusting like, a tap dancer in New Orleans. I well, that's the thing about New Orleans tap dancers; they have a bad rep mm. with the locals. Yeah, so, the the street so, performing tap dancers. New Orleans has a, um, a difficult history with their tap dancers, which is sad. But the, the gentleman I referenced, I figured, well, here I'm playing with the best tap dancer. I don't care if I'm not getting paid. I would do that for a couple hours, then I go and try to make my own money. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, every night I would play for a couple hours with the young and old tap dancers, mm-hmm. trying to get my chops going. Wow. Uh-huh. 
you know. And so saxophone came first. And where do you come from? Like, where did you, were you born at? Like, where'd you grow up? Uh, I was born in Wisconsin and raised near Chicago. Okay. But uh, my my father's job took us out to the Bay Area for four years mm-hmm. when I I'm, was 10. Okay. And so that kind of, that turned me into a West Coast guy. But the rest of my family's in the Midwest or the East. And you were playing music all as a kid, or did you pick up the saxophone later? I picked up the saxophone when I was 18. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. So, so you years... really came into all this stuff later in life than a lot of us did. I mean, I, I started playing harmonica when I was... 12. Okay. Okay. And I sang in church and um, so music sang yeah. with my okay. friends. I was into yeah. music, but uh, as a like singer, kind of harmonica playing poet kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. 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 So you've yeah. always been sort of dabbling and crossing over genres. Yes. Yeah. I have a question. What is the hardest instrument to play while tap dancing? Harmonica. Because you see, you did it with harmonica, That's saxophone. That's easy because You're... it's lightweight. Oh, yeah. Of course. The, the drums, the, the might, bass drum. Yeah. <laughs> a bigger saxophone, the bigger the saxophone <laughs> is harder. Baritone, yeah. Like a baritone, I don't even want to because, you know, I, I think it's hard to play saxophone and um, and tap dance at the same time, no matter what saxophone it is, yeah, because yeah. it's just like a, a question of breath control and keeping your fingers on the keys and you're keeping the horn in your mouth. It's yeah. like requires a certain technical adjustments. Yeah. Now, are you like sort of focused... Like, is there some, do you, when you do both, are you focused on the saxophone or are you focused on the tap dancing or are you just sort of like projecting yourself past both of those? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. But one thing that I do, which is kind of like, not to say that I invented dubstep or anything, but, <laughs> but, but you invented dubstep. No, not, not really. I looked it up and then but, on the Wikipedia page, it says you did. The real name, real name was shoehorn step. <laughs> no, it Hold was on. like, I was in, influ- I went down to Jamaica too in the eighties. And then I found that what I incorporated from that is like where I'll be keeping the beat with my shoes and then I'll be playing the sax and playing some riffs. Then the shoes will stop. The sax keeps mm-hmm. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the beat drops again. Uh-huh. Like I bring the shoes back in, like drop gotcha. when the beat drops yeah, yeah, in yeah. Uh, trap music or yeah, whatever yeah. they yeah. call it now. You have no control over it. It's just one. one Louie knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> he's, he's the hipster. <laughs> you learn to tap dance. And so at what point are you like, you know what? This putting them together, this is it. This is my thing. That's No, it, it happened like, okay, here's the deal. I was an aspiring saxophone player, but I was working as a tree planter mm-hmm. all over the Northwest, five states. Wound up laid off in Arcata, Humboldt County, playing my saxophone in the Arcata Plaza. Mm-hmm. People start to give me money. Nice. People start to give me other kind of offerings, food, you know, whatever, friendship. And um, I met this this hippie guy playing a conga, and we... We played all day one day, and I said, you know, I'm, I want to travel, but I'm afraid to travel without having a couple of hundred bucks stashed up, mm. you know, like that's how I normally yeah, roll. Yeah. And he goes, you got that horn, you know you're going to eat. <laughs> and I went, wow, yeah. Wow. So I went down to San Francisco and played on the street that Christmas season, just saxophone. And then... That same fall, I went to the movie Singing in the Rain. Yeah. And I, it was like dollar night at the, you know, it's a college town. Yeah. I went, holy crap. You know, like, I We're, said, Singing in the Rain. That's it. That's what I want to yeah. do. I want to sing and dance through my life and smile and wear a, a nice suit and, like, you know, go out with Debbie Reynolds. Or yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? 
what, whatever, you know, it's like this great thing. He had a, his his buddy was there dancing with him too, uh-huh. the, you know. But I was I related more to Gene, yeah, mm-hmm. Gene Kelly. And then um, I just thought that was cool, and I thought about it, and then I realized, well, when I played harmonica, I used to always throw in an extra boom, boom, you know, like to throw in a little skipping, extra little scuffle of my foot, you know, and. When I saw Gene Kelly, and I went, oh, tap dancing. And I was thinking about that for a few months, and I talked about it with a few people. It was almost like saying confession in that in that days to like tell somebody, you know, I think I want to tap dance. Uh, you know, because it was like all my friends, something or just my, like- no, just to one. I I remember I confided into a couple of older cats that I knew that were, you know, quasi mentoring to mm-hmm. me back when I, I was in my late teens, and I, I said. I think maybe I want to tap dance. Yeah. Know? And the guy going, yeah, you should go for it. But nobody was tap dancing then in my generation. Gotcha. You know, like some girls who were all around dancers would, they would take class yeah, as part of their training yeah. or Yeah, it seems like or, people in the 20s and 30s, like everyone tap danced, right? Like, well, in like the every, movies. Well, musicals would leave you to believe that, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the entertainers. Yeah, the I entertainers. Like, saw it, like knew how to dance, knew, knew yeah. how to some ta- basic tap. Basic, and, yeah. And to a certain extent, that's still true, but not really like it was. Yeah. So, you know, all my friends were into, like, Led Zeppelin or Hendrix or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, he likes the tap dance. I was totally on the fringe of Uh. tap dance and saxophone. There wasn't even horn bands weren't even as accepted as they are now. You know, I mean, there's now people think, oh, yeah, horns, throwing horns is cool. But some people were, like, actively not into having a horn Mm. in their band. You know, but I dug cats like Edgar Winter. Edgar Winter played saxophone too. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. know that, but he was a great saxophone player as well as keyboardist and drummer and whatever singer songwriter. Um, I liked the Santana band when they had Tower Power horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so like I got to New Orleans. I hitchhiked there. Some guy picked me up in West Texas and took us. Me and 15 other hitchhikers all the way to New Orleans <laughs> in, a, in the back of a pickup wow. truck. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. He picked up every hitchhiker. That's bold. Yeah. And, and he had a he had a, a full-size Colt 45. Oh, of course. Yeah, in, his, right? in a shoulder holster. Uh-huh. And he said, and he just showed every one of us, don't. Don't mess around. Don't mess yeah, with yeah, me. I'll give you a ride. but I'll give you a ride, but, you know, no funny business. Yeah, yeah. No saxophone. <laughs> well, no tap had, dancing in the back. I had a sax, and then I was talking. To, I was playing my sax in the back of the pickup at one point, or might have been my clarinet because I had a clarinet too. And this guy said, "Well," and I was talking about tap dancing because I was, for some reason, I was talking about you were tap people. curious. And this guy, exactly, this one guy said, "Well, in New Orleans, they got tap dancers all over on the street." And I went, "Oh, you know." So I got to New Orleans. Sure enough, I found some young people that had tap shoes, and I said, where do you get the taps for these? And I, I got some th- uh, thrift store shoes, put mm-hmm. taps on them, and my first hour, I made $10. Nice. Tapping and playing sax yeah, at the right? same time with no lessons. Yeah. It was just like, well, tap shoes, it's like, it's just your feet. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just moved my feet a little bit. And they just made the sounds for they you. They made a sound, and, like, I, I used to jump around a bit from hopping from foot to foot, yeah. you know, before I mastered the weight change. It took me a couple of years before I got a really smooth weight change. Oh, where, nice. You know, like that's one of my 
hallmarks of my style now is a very smooth weight change. So and that enables speed okay. and, and uh, a smooth, smooth movement. So you, you toured around the United States doing street shows. Yeah. And then so you're meeting ver- a variety of different performers along the way. Yes. You know, because like I have – in our dives on you, you've performed with everybody. Like, yeah. You know, a lot of people that even performed at the Moisture Festival, like Baby Graham, Sleeping Louie, Reese Thomas. I have here you did shows with Bill Irwin. Did a show Love. with, yeah, I'm in like New York. You know everybody. The, the Elegance of Tap, the Comedy of Tap with Bill Irwin. How and was that? It was it was hard on me because I was supposed to be one of the funny guys, and Bill <laughs> Irwin was the MC, and he's oh, funny. Oh yeah, he's Jeez, really funny. He's a genius, and he's also an expert tap dancer. Really? Yeah. Huh? Expert. He's he's, he's got the weight changed down. He had a bungee harness ah. rigged up, so he was cheating <laughs> at one point. But really? it was hilarious. Yeah, he'd go up. Oh, and then that's funny. Slap him on the ground and goes back up. It was really funny. Yeah. And, uh, he, you know, he was nice to me and everything, but it's like I, I didn't feel that, like I'm humorous. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to be elegant, of course, and I think I did uh, some elegant stuff, but they didn't record it that well. Uh, it's in the library of okay. Lincoln Center. Nice. Uh-huh. They, they archived the show. And I've, saw, I've seen the video, but it, you can't hear my shoes that, that well because my sax dominates. Now, you, uh, well, you can hear a track of people tap dancing that you're in, and can you be able to be like, oh, yeah, I'm that offbeat right there. That's me. That's my shoes. The thing is, when mostly with chorus dances, everybody does the same thing, mm. but that's not how I do it. When I dance with other dancers, I will hold my own thing. That's, most tap dancers do not accompany with their feet. Gotcha. Mm. I am an accompanist with my feet, and I extend that to like accompanying other dancers as well. Uh-huh. So, like, here we're doing this Clowns Without Borders thing up yeah. here in Portland. Yeah. I've got a young uh, woman that dances with me. I've known her since she was six. She's 16 now, I think. Mm-hmm. And I've been, she's been in the last few Moisture Festival shows. I will keep a, I'll keep a beat and let her go and solo over it. Uh-huh. That's unusual in tap dance. Really? Yeah, that's one of my own contributions to the. Yeah, I mean, there's there's other examples of it where if they're doing a chorus dance, everybody holds a step, and then the soloist does. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's not like a tap dancer puts himself in part of the rhythm section. Yeah, which is traditionally like piano, bass, drums, maybe totally. guitar, or congas or something. Yeah, to be in, integrated into the rhythm section, that's part of my thing. Do you do you have a affinity towards one or the other, or is it they're equally the same, tapping and playing sax? Like if you had to choose one, <laughs> which which would you in pick? a hostage negotiation? <laughs> you know, believe it or not, I have thought about that <laughs> a lot. You know, like you know, because I always think of like, well, maybe someday they're gonna like tell me put everything you want to take in one suitcase because you, you're you know, you're being exiled Mm -hmm. or whatever. I I do think like what, you know, like I couldn't pick one art form, but if I had to pick tap shoes or, or saxophone, I would bring the sax because tap shoes can be replicated with other shoes or bare feet. You can still make sound or bubble wrap. (laughs) Bubble wrap is a good one. Uh, Flattened out 
beer cans is one that the oh, kids yeah. in New Orleans use. They, oh, yeah. They kind of mold them around their sneakers. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Didn't yeah. kids used to, used to like press bottle caps into their shoes? That's another way that yeah. people have done it. And my first tap shoes were actually my tree planting boots that had like some metal horseshoe shaped tacks. Oh, yeah. Taps put on there to save the, to, you know, get them oh, through another season. Heel savers or. Yeah. What stuff about like, like golf that. shoes? I've tried it. No. Uh, I tried golf shoes when when they when Nike started making lightweight golf shoes that were more like sneakers. Mm-hmm. I took out all the the cleats because oh, they yeah. were screw in cleats, oh, nice. and I put taps on there. But they didn't. No, they didn't sound very good. Uh, there's something about the leather that they use in tap shoes that gives a better, clearer, louder sound than if you have a rubber sole. Yeah. Tap shoes. So it sounds like you're a bit of a tinkerer. Like yeah, sure. <laughs> we uh, we worked together in Spokane, and you had your your electronic tap floor. Yeah. What what do you call that? I call that the tap percussion Mark Seven. Tap percussion. <laughs> so were there were there six others before, it, or do you just yes. throw out seven? Yes, there and were six other prototypes. You're the creator of this. I'm the creator of it. Now, Louis all day today he was trying to find a video. I to was show trying to me. show him, and I couldn't find a video. Of Can it. you describe it to me? Basically, it's eight shock mounted trigger boards on a three-foot-by-three-foot platform. Mm -hmm. So there's eight isolated pads that I dance on, and each one has its own wire that goes into a a drum module or a drum brain that's made by a a few companies make them. Mine is Yamaha, and it's got all the inputs, and then I can assign the sound, the pitch. Oh, that's cool. So it's like a drum machine, like just electronic drums. We call it the module or the brain because... I'm making the sound in real time. I'm not programming gotcha. beats. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm, it's not playing back beats. Yeah. So that's the difference between a drum machine. It's like every time you hit it, it's like a... But the sound of the, uh, you know, like I might use a drum set sound or Latin percussion mm-hmm. sounds or steel drum and vibraphone and xylophone and those yeah. kind of sounds. And I can pick which note to put. That's awesome. So, yeah. so I have a. I That's have, great. I have a a couple of my. They call them kits. Are some of them are arranged for, say, the key of C minor. Yeah. Or some of them is like the one chord and the five chord in D minor. Or it gives me a tone. Establishes a tonality. Yeah. And and it gives me like a. It, it doesn't have to be like all in one scale, but usually, for my purposes, I'll I'll use like all in one scale. Like so, to be a seven. Note scale mm. plus one, like an octave. So that has added another layer. So then I'm getting three layers of sound. I'm yeah, playing, some, yeah. I'm playing three parts at once in yeah. real time. The electronic layer, the acoustic tap layer, plus the saxophone. Yeah. When a client calls you, what are the are they interested in the music? Are they interested in the tap dancing? Are they interested in just the whole combination, the electronic stuff that you do too? Is that like what? Like when you talk to somebody, you're like, what are they looking for? What do you sell them on? What is, what's the gigs that you're doing? Um, well, that's a good question because like I do all kinds of different gigs. Yeah. I mean, like I'm a side, side man. Yeah. I'm a side man with baby gramps once a month here uh, in Portland oh, at, cool. the, at the Laurel Thurs public house. Our next one is on Valentine's. Usually we're the first Friday of the month, however. I'm a sideman in another band called Smut City Jelly Roll Society, which plays... <laughs> which is one of the coolest names ever. <laughs> it's a funny name, too. At first I went, wow, man, this is a crazy name. And Because I, 
I uh, came into the band after they had formed, but we play like so-called speakeasy jazz, you know, uh-huh. like gotcha. Twenties and thirties, uh, blues and jazz and traditional stuff. You're doing, you're doing everything. We have a young woman that sings with us and a great guitar player. And then sometimes we have bass and drums, but I also play in Latin bands, African bands, funk bands. And then I have my own band, which is kind of like, is that the hat band? The hat band. Yeah. Okay. We do all kinds of stuff. We play jazz standards. We play a lot of my originals. Oh, nice. Because I write my own songs. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we play like show tunes and That's great. So you, blues, rock You're covers. doing a little bit of everything. You're like a, a Swiss Army knife and of I'm gigs. kind of like a postmodern guy in a way, even though I'm playing stuff that looks like, okay, this is tap dancing, that people try to pigeonhole you. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Like yeah, if yeah, they yeah. only saw me with Smut City, Jelly Roll Society, or Baby Gramps, they might think I'm just a... A guy that plays hokum or old style jazz mm-hmm. and stuff, but I actually play like what you could call it avant garde jazz or free jazz because I can I can play like totally atonal. Okay, and yeah. you know I can play without keys and stuff like that. I have a lot of versatility as a saxophone player. Yeah, I play extended techniques, four octave range. Yeah, I do the same thing with comedy. I believe it. <laughs> Now, do you prefer working solo or with other artists? No, like, I like both because even if I'm working with other artists, I can always take five minutes and do a solo. Yeah, yeah. totally. And then each act that I play with brings out a different thing. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend that I met like 40 years ago when I was a beginner in Arcata, and he's a singer-songwriter. Whenever I play with him, I play stuff I don't play with anyone else. It's just totally different. Yeah, it brings out a different element. It brings of your out a different thing and a different, yeah. different things that the the uh, the music requires. And uh, tomorrow night, I'm playing at a really fancy venue with Norman Sylvester. Uh, the Norman Sylvester band is, I think, he's the premier Northwest blues artist. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's a guitarist. His daughter sings. You know, we have a bass. Man, I wish we were piano. around tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's going to be a hot show. Yeah, we, we played one in November. Yeah, so I love playing in that. And we, you know, we occasionally cover something pretty contemporary, you know. We do some down-home blues, and then we do Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. Yeah, well, that's the cool thing about, I mean, you're working with so many different people and so many different artists. It really sort of keeps you sharp and sort of keeps your interests, you know, broad. When you're not stagnating. Yeah. I'm I'm not. That's awesome. I've been doing this a long time, and somebody asked me, like, oh, you don't ever get tired of doing this thing? And I said, like, I'm still finding new stuff every, almost every time yeah, I man. play. Yeah, I'm I'm digging into new stuff. Like it's right. great. I also play in a community band, which is fifty piece uh, wow. wind band, Jeez. and uh, we have a conductor. And we there's no jazz. I can't make uh, it, no ad libs. Yeah, at all. I just have to. I play bass clarinet, and I follow the score as best I can, and follow the man with the stick. And but that informs my solo work. Because just last week I transcribed a piece from that to work on as a uh, a solo number, and yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing it with one of the circus acts at uh, Clowns Without Borders. Oh, sweet man! Nice. I'm going to, or if not that, I'll, uh, at Oregon Country Fair. So it's a, it's an old, you know, it's a hundred year old military band. Oh, that's great! It's a movement. Gustav Holst for uh, second suite for band and F. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned the Oregon Country Fair. Yeah. Is that how you got involved in the Moisture Fest with all of them? Well, um, 
It's definitely where I got to hang out with Ducanivo family, uh-huh. who are the main instigators, as far as I can tell, of Moisture Fest. <laughs> mm. yeah. And along with the brewery. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. But... Um, and then I played on their the their stage, the Ducanville Waterville okay. Palace, in uh, at, with Leap and Louie and by myself and with different people. I did one season. I did with Reese and and Reese. He's another guy who's like a total vaudeville guy. But with him, I played piano, drums, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I I've seen the two of you of work stuff. together, and it's pretty awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I love it, man. Thanks. Yeah. Because I like doing like the scoring mm-hmm. stuff in real time. I, yeah. I love that. It's like the thing about playing with jugglers or variety artists is I try to try to get my band to follow if I have the band is like just a time with them. Yeah. Say if the juggler's throwing clubs and he's throwing spins, I might do a little spinning figure on the sax. Yeah. Like, like little trills. Going back to the following people. Yeah. Following people around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like I, I like to follow the action. Totally. And react to what they're doing. And if, if there's a break, one thing that I like to do is if they drop yeah, and then course. I just go. Yeah. And then start it back up. Again. Yeah. You know, and then Leap and Louie has his own things that we do. Yeah. He always it's wants cool, some, man. Some yeah. funky disco now, beat. Speaking of Reese, a guy you work with relatively often, I asked him, what should I ask Shoehorn? And he said, ask Shoehorn to say sh- the word Shoehorn in Japanese and Spanish. Oh, yeah. Okay. Kutsubera. Kutsubera. That's, that's in uh, Japanese. Okay. In Spanish, it's calzador. Okay. okay. But my friends down in Mexico call me Zapacuerno or Sac Zapato. What does that mean? Well, Zapato means shoe. Okay. And Zapacuerno would be a, and cuerno is horn. So, mm. so Zapacuerno is a contraction of Zapato and, ah. horn, you know, of shoe and horn. And then Sac Zapato is probably more accurate because Sax is. Socks yeah. and zapato is shoe, so it's yeah, it's just reversed order. I like. I read that you uh, were down in Peru and you lived down there for a while. Is yes. that is there a different type of uh, South American tap dance as there is to North American tap dance? That's an excellent question because um, Peru has a tradition of zapateo, which is percussive dance. They I don't think they put taps on their shoes, but they dance rhythm and they have like total rhythm dance mm. and that was the first place i ever saw a cajon and cajon is very very popular now it's that box that guys sit on and play oh yeah, the yeah, sides yeah, of the yeah, box. yeah. that's cool they're man. ubiquitous now uh-huh. but back then nobody had them it was a peruvian thing and then uh, paco de lucia the great spanish flamenco guitarist his percussionist started using cajon and so now it's part of the standard instrumentation of flamenco so it's spread throughout the world from the afro-peruvian tradition okay that's my understanding yeah yeah yeah. i might get yeah somebody wants to slap me we're gonna get a lot of angry emails from 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 lima (laughs) no not no no the lima limeños are gonna be cool they're like you got it right but there might be some guy in ecuador that says oh no 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 (laughs) you know what i mean mean? or like somebody in cuba or something those guys can be pretty strict. You know? but I love the Afro-Cubans stuff. I yeah. Mean, yeah, for a while I was in a band called Son de Cuba, but I was there as a sub, and then they got a permanent 
guy who's from Cuba. So ah, okay, that's hard to beat. He plays flute yeah, really yeah. great. Yeah, but those are my my friends. I, yeah, I and you know, if people want to see you, there you were in a documentary with Savion Glover called Juba Masters of Tap and Percussive Dance. You know what? Uh, Is that did I get that? Yeah, right? I or? was in a documentary which was. Um, it re- I think it was released in 2001 or something, but it was, it was taped in 98 in Chicago. And Savion was at that show, but he did not sign off on being on the Oh, the gotcha. Video. But there are some really great tap dancers on there along with myself. Uh-huh. And um, some of the cats didn't want to be in it for one reason or the other, you know. Yeah. Um, but you did get to tour Russia with Savion, well, right? We went to Russia together, and I didn't realize... I, I like when I took that trip, right? They flew us over to Russia. I finally realized why some people shave in the bathroom of the plane. Because uh, we got off the plane and there's flash bulbs going off and everything. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. paparazzi, you know, because uh, of Savion. Yeah. Because he's a star. Yeah. And uh, I just saw him uh, a few months ago. He was in Portland. We caught up a little oh, bit. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. yeah. He's a real nice cat. Yeah. And he's a great, great dancer and yeah. artist. That was an international crew. We had a dancer from Japan. We had a, f- a couple of French people and some Germans and, uh, you know, a fair amount of Americans. But there was also people from the Baltic states and different artists from around Europe Yeah, on that trip. And that was great. We stayed in the Metropole Hotel, which is a very famous old hotel. And w- is TAP something that's like rec- everyone knows it all over the world? Or is it like you go, you're going places in like part of Russia, they're like, I'm, th- what the hell is this? This is offensive. No, (laughs) no, you know, like a footloose town in Russia. If you want to talk about something really funny, the Russian tap dancers were not allowed to openly use that form because it was considered bourgeois. Oh, uh, oh, running dog capitalist. Gotcha. uh, Corrupt, you know, like, yeah, art form. And so they had this elaborate thing, like, and the jazz musicians, too, they shared this thing and they'd say, like, uh, do you like Coca-Cola? Yeah, I like Coca-Cola. And then they'd say, like, Pennsylvania 6. And then if the guy knew the answer, which is 4,000 from a Benny Goodman song, uh-huh. Pennsylvania 6, 4,000. So, okay. so you go Pennsylvania 6, 4,000. And then that's like the code. Yeah. And then they would adjourn themselves to some little basement and tap dance. Tap dance. Dudes. Tap dance and play jazz. <laughs> it's like a speakeasy tap dance. It's, it's, it's like a drug dealer of, like, you a cop? No. <laughs> yeah, it, right, was, let's go. it was totally like that. They had to, they had to keep it secret. And then these are people that were, uh, for example, one of these like gentlemen. I thought we were talking about heroin. <laughs> the dude was um, one of the dudes that did that. Was um, one of the um, the acrobatic ballet dancers from the uh, the Bolshoi Ballet. The, you know, if you see the Nutcracker, there's some characters that do all the flips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was one of those guys. Oh, nice. Like for the Chinese dance or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, he was a multi-talent. A lot, a lot of artists do a lot of different things. Totally. So, you know, so we played at. Um, well, we we got to go to the Bolshoi Ballet and we did a concert at Tchaikovsky Hall. Nice. And then we did. We went up to St. Petersburg and played up there. I did write a piece about it called Putin on the Ritz. Ah, <laughs> nice. That's well, it was like twenty years before they. They started writing that, like, there's a lot of things like that now yeah, yeah. because of Putin's... He has all those songs. He's more famous yeah, now, yeah. but, yeah, I wrote a, a piece about our trip to Russia called Putin on the Ritz. Right now, my website is 
the website is shoehornmusic.com. Yeah. And there's tons of videos of you. There's like audio if you want yeah. to download it. It's there's got all, all the all the info. It has all the bands. Want. Yeah, man. It's it's I loved your site. It was oh, uh, thanks. Yeah, it was awesome, man. And I have six different full-length CDs that I've re- released over the years available on CD Baby. You can download it yeah. on CD Baby. And there's there's yeah. a link from your website on that. Yeah, there's links to the web and uh and how long have you been coming to the Moisture Festival? How long have they been doing it? 16, 16 years, man. I, I think I did the first one I did was 2007. Maybe. Okay. Okay. It's not a show that we do for the money. It's really nice for networking. It's it's really nice to see all your friends mm-hmm. yeah. or meet new friends. Yeah. Like I met new friends. And also, it's fun to go up to Seattle for a couple of days. And, <laughs> yeah, man. You know. Well, it's cool to see you there. I always it's always cool to watch you perform. It's so it's so unique and it's you know, I Do you I hope, live up there? Yeah, we yeah. both live we in both Seattle. Live in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from I'm from down here, so I see you at Country oh, yeah. Fair and I see you in Seattle. So yeah. right. I get the best of both worlds. <laughs> nice. That's what Louis realizing is that like oh, there's a lot of connection between the Country Fair and the Moisture Festival. Yeah. And, right, uh, yeah. Be- because you know what, what the 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 Ducanibos do is pretty amazing. Yeah, like they write a new show. It's, and, f- it's wild. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. For three days to do <laughs> it for like, three days. You know, yeah. maybe like nine times. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I would say maybe a thousand six, people see six it. times. <laughs> you know, wow, <laughs> it's a small little area. Yeah. So, and it, they do a great job, and they brought. It's a testament to how cool they are because you know the people that come and do it just to hang out is. Well, it's inspiring. Yeah. You know, like for, for me and uh, Reese and me and David, we try to bring something new every year. Mm-hmm. So because even though we're doing some of our tried and true bits, especially the, the comedians do that, but I try to play different music all the time. Yeah. yeah. Last year I sang Born to be Wild. Nice. Yeah. With electric vibes. Sweet. Drums and, and keyboards while while Lichtenstein got on his unicycle and <laughs> cracking the whip. It was like it would fit perfect, you know. But but then sometimes I, I also played like what for me is my super romantic Latin tune for for a Britney. Oh nice. Yeah, Britney, know, Britney, Britney, Britney Walsh, yeah. Britney Walsh doing her exquisite contortion yeah. act. And it was just like, I'm able to time the end of the phrase to when she's going to release the arrow. You know? Oh, man. Why? Stuff like that. Yeah. Right? I, try, I try to make the show and have a certain flow that where the music makes sense. It's not like, because otherwise, what they don't want at Country Fair is push play and the act starts. Yeah. They don't want people performing to yeah. um, canned music. Totally. Yeah. And I, that's great for all of us musicians. We want to be there. but More we work. Also, we want to work, yeah. yeah, and and it's 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 a really cool thing, yeah, to be acoustic. I mean, honestly, it's uh, I hope I'm the I hope me and you are on the same bill someday because it'd be <laughs> I would love to have that, yeah, you know, it'd be it'd be great, man. So shoehornmusic.com. We want to thank you for coming to room two one nine, the Jupiter. If I never see you again, we'll always have the Jupiter Hotel and and MC Shoehorn Conley on YouTube. Yeah, that's my channel. I'm. I just put some new stuff up. All right, there. nice. Yeah, some without saxophone. Yeah, tap dancing vibes and tap dancing with found percussion. Yeah, and there is even up on your site is or on your YouTube page. There's some stuff from the Moisture Festival. Yes. Yeah. 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 Totally. Well, thank you so much for coming, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, fellas. It. Thank you. This I was hope awesome. Everything goes well. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you.
That's it for today, folks. Want to thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out more information like who's performing, how to volunteer, how to contribute, be sure to go to the Moisture Festival website, which is moisturefestival.org. If you like this podcast, you can check out the podcast that Matt and I do called the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. You can get on all of the podcast places, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and where we talk about weird news stories of the day. It's a good time. Yeah. If you like this podcast, you will love that because it is all things weird. (laughs) (laughs) And that has links to my personal page and Louis Fox's personal page if you want to follow what we do individually. So we want to thank all of the performers, donors, sponsors, volunteers who put on the Moisture Festival. It really takes a village to make this thing happen. Absolutely. We want to thank you for listening and we want to thank you in advance for coming out to the Moisture Festival. So be sure to check out the Moisture Festival site. They also have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, and a YouTube page to see how you can get involved and be a part of this year's or next year's Moisture Festival. We want to thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and we hope to see you soon. See you later. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast and stay moist.